0: Welcome to our podcast, Murder, Mystery, and Mayhem, Laced with Morality, where all authors and experts are invited to share, learn, and together make this a better world where light pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word. I'm really excited for our guest today. Why? Because she writes in my genre. Um, This is a thriller girl, and her name is Angela Greenman, and I had the honor of meeting her online through her fantastic publicist, Corrine. And we connected regarding my call to authors. And so Angela Greenman is the real deal. She's an internationally recognized communications professional. Her career has spanned the spectrum from community relations in Chicago to the US and world government's public communications on nuclear power. She was recently awarded by bestthrillers.com one of the best books of the year. She was also a finalist in that particular contest in romantic suspense. She's been an expert and lecturer with the International Atomic Energy Agency known as the IAEA for over a decade and developed the communication standards for the IAEA's corporate operational safety review team. Ms. Greenman also participated as a team member for the France and Czech Republic corporate, Ozarts. The A-I-E- IAEA published two of her papers, communicating risks to the public and achieving successful communication. At the invitation of that same organization, she spoke at the agency's prestigious international conference, Topical Issues at Nuclear Installation Safety continuous improvement of nuclear safety in a changing world that was held in Beijing, China. As a spokesperson for the US Nuclear Regulatory Commission, the NRC, she advised senior management and staff on media issues, conducted interviews and press conferences, and was actively involved in public meetings. Her guidelines conducting public meetings were published by the NRC. She was a recipient of multiple awards from the agency. In Chicago, she served as press officer for the Chicago Human Relations Commission, the city's civil rights department. And in this position, she worked with the department's six community advisory councils and managed citywide media campaigns, community meetings, and events. She holds a BA of Art in Speech Communication and honors from Roosevelt University in Chicago. She also received advanced training in the Executive Media Relations Program of the Chicago Police Department and studied at the USNRC's Technical Training Center. She has traveled the world, 21 countries and counting, sailed the turquoise caribbean waters and now her imagination is devising plots in the exciting places she's explored for her new chapter in life as an author author and so we're so excited about her debut novel called the child riddler welcome angela welcome
1: thank you so much it's truly an honor to talk with you i admire what you've done and you're doing to inspire and help others
0: yeah yeah it's it's tons of fun and I'm grateful that we we connected. So so in a nutshell, can you just describe your current role in the publishing industry?
1: Well, I have a debut thriller as you said The Child Riddler and it was released in July. And I'm very proud as you mentioned it was selected as one of the best books of the year
0: by bestthrillers.com. Mm. Wow, that's that's such an achievement. So so are there any other projects that you've been working on?
1: Yes, I'm currently writing the sequel to the Child Riddler, and I've been doing some guest posts for online magazines and blogs.
0: Okay, excellent. And so, if you could just discuss your journey as a as a writer, or a networker, an ind- industry professional, describe how you manage your your obligations in the publishing industry well I have to
1: tell you Catherine my journey as a writer can be summed up by the marvelous statement that you make at the beginning and ending of your podcast light mm-hmm. pierces through the darkness with the spoken and written word yeah. this really resonates with me powerfully because I lived this it was true in my case I lived yeah. in dark darkness as a child my mother and younger brother and I were poor we were homeless for a while oh. And I also lived with domestic violence and mental illness. And it was so bad that I was about 10 or 11 years old and I was failing grammar school because of this darkness. And a wow. wonderful wonderful teacher, an angel, I think she must be, said, yeah. if I do some extra credit book reports, I might be able to pass to the next grade. And wow. I did pass. I did them and I did pass, but I really believe that books and this teacher probably saved my life because she brought me light, hope.
0: And reading these wow. stories,
1: I discovered that I was not alone in going through these trials and hardships. The stories mm-hmm. in the books showed me there's another world. And yes. I started to believe that maybe I had a chance to live differently. Yeah. And I also learned from Dewey Book Reports that I love to write and I love to yep. share the stories about the people I met in the books.
0: Right.
1: And it turned my life around and I really found a new world of hope, delight. And and that's how actually my main character in my book, The Child Riddler, came to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, my main character is an elite female type James Bond, an operative. And yes. she was my fantasy when I was in my teens. Because I wanted to beat up all the bad things in the darkness, and I wanted to <laughs> yeah. get out, get out, and travel the world. So, I, since I loved writing and learning about people too, I chose communications for my college degree, and then over time, I, I got to write about my fantasy character.
0: Wow. Okay. So, so what? So, so this is so interesting. So, in the back of your mind, I guess reading and, and writing was always there, but then you went into a completely different field. How did how did you end up doing what you did?
1: Well, my first job, since I was living in Chicago and I had a going to college, I I actually another angel saved my life too, because when I applied to go to Roosevelt University, I, I couldn't afford college and I was working and I wrote an essay and I don't even remember now what the topic of the essay was, but, uh, mm-hmm. I applied for scholarship and somebody gave me a full four-year scholarship, so I was able to go to college. And um, I, while I was going to college, I was working in the, during the day, and I um, started an internship with the with the city of Chicago in communications um, at their cultural affairs department. And then there was an opening that came up at the woman mayor Harold Washington established a women's commission, and I I am definitely a Uh, you know an advocate of that and so i applied for it and i was a media public person and i did community meetings and and did their newsletter and was able to work in the field that i wanted to be in and i did that and then it merged with the commission on human relations and i became the press officer for the chairman and did a lot of public meetings and those types of things and we did bias-free campaigns but after a while i just decided I wanted to do something different, and I moved to the federal government, and they mm-hmm. the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission, and I covered um, 26 reactors in six states, and I was one of the few of a handful of women public affairs officers because of such a technical field, but right. they really needed help with uh, public meetings, trying to right. do a better job at uh, communicating, and I had a strong background in that from all my community meetings. So that's how I ended up there, and then after mm. a while, I, I did, um, went to the International Atomic Energy Agency as an expert and trainer, and I was able to, for over a decade missions in 16 different countries, such as Pakistan, Bulgaria, Mm -hmm. Russia, Slovakia. And I'm able to have the opportunity, as you mentioned, to be on some teams and write their communication standards. So I think the important things that I gained really was the understanding of the intricacies of diplomacy and the subtleties in relationships. And I also discovered from my whole experience from Chicago through the international community, it's the diversity of people and cultures that really makes life fascinating.
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's so rich.
1: Thank Mm -hmm. you. So I'm, I'm really happy. In The Child Riddler, my debut book, my main character, Zoe, travels to six different countries that I've been to. Malta, Czech Republic, Austria, Bulgaria, England, Italy, and I also have tied in my whole life, my childhood. In I have strong women in my book, yeah. And I because I I really want to celebrate them because I know how hard it is to be a strong woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw what my mother went through, and I think it's very important um, to
0: to highlight strong women. And I really like to celebrate them. Wow. Okay. So so you. So tell us how that looks because a lot of many of us um, if you look really carefully in our writing, there are pieces of us there right how do you how do you I, how do you embed like your your experiences in, in your writing
1: That's a great question i I always had um, in my mind pretty much what kind of character I wanted to build, because um, I love action movies and James Bond movies and I, I traveled and I saw espionage and I did all those things. So it was a natural evolution for me, but I, I, I really was determined um, to make my character reflect the strength that it took me to break through the glass ceiling and and to to also highlight the diversity and of different people. I have a lot of diverse characters in my book and, um, connect all the amazing cultures that are in the world.
0: So that's pretty much how I, I did it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so what advice can you share with our author community regarding things like marketing and building a platform? I think the most important thing is to make it easy for the reader to get information
1: on you and your books. And I tried to do that with my website. To me, I feel that's my most important platform. It's my brand, it's my book, and I want it to be professional. I want it to be informative and again, reflect my style. Mm -hmm. And I, I think the other thing of making it easy, of course, is to have a social media presence I'm on facebook twitter TikTok, instagram linkedin and all those links are on my website okay but another, another thing i think is really helpful i've just started to get into this is analytics i think it's a good marketing tool it's the collecting data and statistics and yeah. i check my website analytics i can see the activity and i i can see how many visitors i get i really think that's fun to do i also gives me information is it being used and by who and where and for example I just looked and I my websites being viewed from people around the world I've got Spain France Australia India Canada Malta they all have checked out my website and that's makes me happy because one of my goals is for the child Riddler to be an international book
0: oh that's exciting yeah wow
1: and in Twitter, you can also look at your analytics to see how many people would pick your tweet, and if they went yeah. further to look up more information. So I think analytics helps you see if you're being effective in the way you want to be effective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've looked at. I was looking at your uh, your reviews. So you have you have lots of great reviews um, on Amazon, and people people really uh, they keep on saying they're looking forward to your next book <laughs> how does that make you feel oh I'm thrilled
1: <laughs> I, I, still have, I still have more uh, at least one or two more stories um, I don't want to overdo it you know a uh, character but I, I, I'm trying to figure out a way and I, I think I can do it where I can make while I tie in the character each story is, is different but I'm excited mm. I'm really excited that people want more
0: yeah. It's so yeah they they really love your um they love Zoe. Um and they call they constantly call they're like wow she they you know one of the things that I really like because you're because our readers are not they're not foolish. Our readers are are smart people. Yes, and so they are. <laughs> yes, they will they will nail you on on, diff- on different mistakes and all that. So they they talk about your the descriptions of your locations are so detailed and thoroughly believable but which is is which is second nature to you because you're so well traveled
1: yeah i i um i really i'm so happy that i was able to travel and i i'm a very visual um writer in person and if i'm writing let's say there's a scene in malta where she's on a boat i actually put on my wall all pictures of the boat and i just Um. tried to try to just be in that boat with them yeah. Uh, if I'm writing, I have a big seat in Crog Castle, and I had pictures all over my wall of Craig Castle. Even though I've been there, I, you know, I just—I'm my nature. I just love being that detailed. I really want to immerse my readers
0: in that moment. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, um, I know that the the, the book dabbles in like cyber te- terrorism, you know, um, like invisible bots. I mean, so it's so relevant, um gosh how does it? that really speaks to the heart of the reader especially people who know a lot about that world um so it's it's kind of it's really fun especially for somebody like me who also loves um sci-fi you know it's it's, oh yeah yeah i do too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: the book talks about nanotechnology and that is really um the future of warfare mm -hmm. and science and i know billions of major countries are pouring billions into research on nanotechnology. So yeah, I think, I do think the book has relevance in that way.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And it will remain. So I feel for, for a very long time. And then, so are there, well, what, what words of encouragement can you offer to those struggling with common author challenges, such as rejection, isolation and marketing?
1: For me, a single-minded, positive, forward-looking focus Mm -hmm. is a key to achieving my goals. I believe in my book, and I know it will be successful. Mm -hmm. And this mental state is really how I freed myself from being imprisoned by my childhood and how professionally I was able not to let the glass ceiling stop me. So I figure... I went from being a homeless child on the streets of Chicago to a woman leader on the international stage. I left, o- left over leftover mountain, other people can too. So never wow. give up, never give up. There's yeah. always a way around an obstacle.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And I really think and a we- lot of the, go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, oh, no, no, You. I'll finish my thought when you, you're done. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. A lot of techniques for being successful and facing the challenges of rejection and defeat are also the same ones you find in happy people. I can do a whole podcast with you on how to become a happier person or be a happy person (laughs) because I overcame that darkness and I'm a very happy adult. And one of the main things is putting it into perspective. Will getting a rejection destroy me? Is it the worst thing that could happen to me? Will my friends, Mm -hmm. my dog, my cat stop loving me?
0: No. (laughs) So move on. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh man, you just planted a whole seed right there. Oh my <laughs> gosh, oh my god. So Angela, right now, I'm telling you, you have to come back because we we have to talk about that. Yeah, we have. I've never been homeless. I I I had, I've had a, a a pretty good childhood, but there were some dark spots in there that could have easily taken me all the way down, and I totally. I get what you're saying. I, I wanted to say that um, stuff about Chicago because many of our listeners are they're out of this country and they don't understand how cold Chicago is and what a difficult and challenging place that is to be homeless. It's really tough. So you have survived against all odds. That's amazing. What a testimony.
1: Yeah. Thank
0: you. Hmm. So, well, can you share like one method to keep? focus and organize as you manage various projects?
1: Yes, I wanna share a story with you that I think is a great focus story. I, When I was in Chicago, I worked on an anti-prejudice campaign um, when I was at the Commission on Human Relations and it was titled, A Bias-Free City. And we asked various celebrities and city leaders to tape a 30 second public service announcement on having a bias-free city. And at the time, um, Michael Jordan was huge you know as he still is a huge giant and I sought him out and he agreed and that was phenomenal and he was oh he was wonderful friendly chatting with me and the technical staff in the studio but when it came time for him to do the the taping he instantly focused he went into a zone and he did Mm. it perfect the first time Mm. and I'll never forget that total concentration and how he got into that place where there was no one around him and it was just him and what he had to say that's focus oh, yes.
0: and i learned
1: you know i learned from that i try to follow it if i have a block of time 30 minutes to do something that i have to do i just you know i don't check my social media i don't check my email i just put my entire brain energy into that that topic yeah and you'll be amazed what you can get done if you just put everything into it and wow. So I, th- I really think the might, might of metal fo- mental focus is also because I was a competitive archer for a while. I did a lot of competition and you, to make, to be successful, I had to only look and think about the bullseye in front of me. If my mind wandered even for a second, my arrow would just go astray. Wow. So I think, I think with all the noise around us all the time now, everything's just so noisy and, and constant and, and jumpy. It's so important just to find that space and do a really good job of what you wanna do.
0: Yeah. That's a powerful image though when you talk, cause I've tried archery, it's super hard. It's, it it's is way harder, uh, way harder than we imagine. Um, but that is a great tip to to uh look and think about the bullseye and that we can apply that to all areas of our life and you're so right there i think there are more distractions now than ever there's so many ways i I, even just driving is dangerous because people are so distracted by their cell phones and Mm -hmm. we get distracted by all of the apps and the games and stuff on our phone it's just it's super easy to get sidetracked
1: oh it is so so easy
0: yeah and derailed and you right. like the noise in the world all the things that it, you turn on the news oh my that that alone could sidetrack you for hours just watching what's happening in all in, in the in the country and the in the world itself yeah oh so so how do you how and why do you recommend lacing our author books and platforms with moral messages
1: that is such an amazing question and i really gave it some thought and I looked up what
0: morality is.
1: And one definition is standards of behavior. And an example is the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yeah. And it's interesting, in Wikipedia, the concept of the golden rule appears predominantly in Buddhism, Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, Judaism. And it was also part of, I didn't know this, part of the 1993 declaration toward a global ethic. 143 leaders of the world's major face endorsed the Golden Rule. And what does this tell you? It tells me that the world wants respectful standards of behavior. Yes. And and I I really think to follow the Golden Rule, though, requires one to be thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And I really try to do this in my writing. One reviewer wrote my book, uh, The Child Riddlers, about soul searching, coping with your past, doing the right thing. And I also think being thoughtful on social media is really an important part of this. Before you yes. respond to a post, put yourself in the shoes of the person who posted the comment. How would you wish yeah. to be responded to?
0: Yes. Take another yeah. two
1: minutes and try to walk a mile in their shoes. What have they gone through to say or feel the way they do mm-hmm. to, to post mm-hmm. what they said? Right. So it's you know, it's so very easy to jump to quickly to respond and make an assumption in this, you know, noisy world. But I think my yeah. experience from civil rights work I did as prejudice is really judging without knowing the person. Yes. And you see one physical thing or, you know, one piece of their personal lifestyle and you instantly make a decision of who they are, or what they are. You know, mm-hmm. but we all are more than one thing. We're parents, spouses, love our dogs, love our cats. We dance, we're sports fans. There's so much right. more to us. Yeah. So I, I really try in my writing to, to bring out these textures and vividness of characters and people that make us who we are. But yeah. I guess, you know, it'd be so boring to write any other way, because who wants to read about the same kind of character who thinks the same, looks <laughs> the same? you know I think it's it's really our complexity that's really fascinating so to answer your question I I really think that respect for others and appreciating their wholeness is really yeah. important to bring out in whatever platform you have
0: in your life mm-hmm. that's an important point especially now in a time where we're so divided it I'm I'm just a little I'm a little shocked that we're at this place it's it's either one or the other it's they're there seems to be no coming together or meeting of the minds. There's less and less of that. It's constantly choosing choosing a side and shouting at each other instead of listening and compromising and, and understanding the other person's side.
1: Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. And I think part of the problem is the way the communicate, there's pros and cons with this wonderful instant communication we have around us that we're you're instantly expected to make a decision. I mean, what happens to the time when you had time to really think about something, to be a thinker? Right.
0: To? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, yeah. It prompts you to instantly react. You're right. That's, that's really true. Well, are there, are, is there any other author news um, or events you would like to update our listeners about? And also how can our writer writing community stay in touch with you and our listeners our readers because we have readers on here as well
1: well my website is probably the best way um to get in touch with me because it has all my links to all my social media and it's my name angelagreenman.com
0: yep really easy and Mm -hmm. i look for my second book
1: (laughs) yeah within a year or so
0: do you have, do you have a title yet?
1: Oh, uh, no, I'm still tossing around. I have an idea, but it's too early to
0: say, because I might change it. <laughs> okay. And so are some of the, some of our reader, your reader's favorite characters going to be there? Yes, they are. in the season? Oh, yes. good. Okay. Wow. What, but there's so much that there's so much that I, um, I learned today. I love that you said um, stories show us that there's another world and how that impacted you even as a child and even you said change your life and also the 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 scholarship, you know, um, how that also helped you. And I love that you said that diverse people and cultures make life rich um, and that you also reminded us that we need to make it easy, easy for readers to to. get in touch with us and that our uh, website should reflect our style. It should just, you know, give information. Um, And also, I love that you said um, that being a happier person is all about putting life into perspective. That was so good. And the the two final things I loved is that you talked about us needing to, rather than come up with, because sometimes people give us different ways to stay organized and focused and that kind of stuff. But you just summed it up and said, hey, you need to have sharp mental focus. Think of life as like an archer. Look and think about the bullseye. I guess you're talking about your target and your goals and keep your eyes on that and not get distracted by other things around. And also my favorite, the golden rule, treat others (laughs) as you want to be treated. (laughs) You know, Because the world wants respectful standards of behavior. That is so good. Yeah. No matter how far we fall, I feel like the world is wanting us to do, you know, we we want, the universe is wanting us to do better. You know, there's something about us. that's like, oh, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Something's keeping us together. So I hope
0: it's got to be. Yeah. (laughs) Well, well, Angela, I, I am so happy that we were able to connect. This has definitely been a, an incredible interview, and those of you who don't know behind the scenes, we don't usually talk about that stuff. But it was—it was um today was a little tough getting together, but but we made it happen, and I, I'm gr- grateful for Angela's patience <laughs> and her professionalism. Oh, I'm um, thrilled!
1: And, I'm thrilled to be yeah.
0: here. <laughs> yeah, um, and so guys, you got to go check out a copy of her book, *The Child Riddler*. Oh my gosh, it is. The um, fans, readers have nothing but good things to say about it. She's she's winning awards left and right. And I know that this won't be the, the, the only awards that she wins. She's going to be packing packing um, a lot of awards under her belt. Um, so make sure that you touch base with her. Thank you for hanging out with us as we learn so much from Angela Greenman. And let's not forget to use our words to pierce through the darkness with the spoken and written word.